Welcome to Masters of Self University Podcast, your highest source of sacred truths and universal wisdom. Hello, beautiful souls. I'm Rachel Fiore, mystic, spiritual teacher, psychic healer, and founder of Masters of Self University. Join our journey of soul transformation as we deep dive into this latest episode. Welcome everyone and before we get started with this week's podcast episode I just want to throw out a final reminder for our Mystical Life Coach certification which is starting the second week in January. With just a couple weeks away now we're taking our final applications for this uh, coming year so if you've listened to any of these podcasts and you're interested in learning this work and becoming a coach and earning a certification please fill out the application below and jump on a quick consultation with me. We can talk about what this might look for you. It is a personal journey of transformation, one in which you go deeply within yourself, you learn to heal, and then most importantly, you learn how to give that gift to other people. You learn the skill of becoming a coach. So please fill out the application, jump on a consultation, and I look forward to speaking to you soon. And please enjoy this episode. Thanks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Masters of Self University podcast. I'm your host, Ellie Lee. And I'm your host, Danny Morley. And Happy New Year, everybody. It is officially 2024 by the time you are listening to this. Um, what a year 2023 was. And I know that like there's a lot of talk out there. Obviously, this isn't the official actual new year, but you know, this is what the world has decided is the new year. So uh, me and Danny have been reflecting a lot on what this past year was like for us in terms of growth in our lives. And I think when, you know, the ball dropped, we were really reflecting on, it was definitely a hard year for us um, for a plethora of reasons. And um, I'll kick off and start and say, 2023, I think every year since my awakening has kicked my ass in some way. And 2023 did not disappoint with the ass kicking. Um, for me, it was a year of getting off my antidepressants. And so that in itself was an entire <laughs> battle. It was, um, I had no idea what it was going to entail and what it was going to look like and what it was going to feel like. And I am so happy and proud to say that I am almost officially at a year of getting off of these things. And to know that I made it throughout the first year is such a blessing and such a victory for me, but it was not easy uh, in any way, but here we are alive and well. And so yeah, 2023 was really going into, it was, I guess it's the first year since I've been 16 years old of really feeling everything that's in there without having any kind of synthetic drug to numb myself or, um, for me not to feel everything. So, um, that in itself was, um, a huge trek and uh, I got through it and man, did I learn a lot from it? Yeah. And I know we've spoke about it quite a few times on this podcast and it's for good reason. And I think it's, you know, such a absolutely incredible accomplishment and, uh, yeah, hats off to you, Ellie, for, trucking your way through this year with that huge major shift. I mean, 19 years you were taking those things. Uh, and now, you know, through this work, finding your own power, um, you've been able to get off them naturally, right? Without 
without the aid of of anything and so let's just zoom in on that a little bit talk me through the different stages of this last year because mm-hmm. it was last january correct that mm-hmm. you stopped taking them and uh now we're back in january again um yeah talk us through the different the different stages um and everything that kind of came up and what you learned from this whole experience yeah it was so funny because uh in 2022 of november you know, obviously I was with you and I started telling you I'm seeing 999 like incessantly. And I was like, why am I seeing that number so much? And every time I kept seeing it, it was just showing up in so many facets of my life. I started feeling into it intuitively. I was like, oh, I'm about to walk into a huge chapter. I don't know if you remember this, Danny, but we were in England and that song, um, What's the song with the Have when you ever rain- seen the rain? Have you ever seen the rain? Have you ever seen the rain? Yeah. on a sunny day or whatever that song kept playing in my life and it i just felt like all the signs were pointing to the fact that i was about to walk into a huge chapter and that huge chapter was getting off my anti-ds and let me tell you something i think anybody that's been on antidepressants that's on antidepressants we have a lot of um, desires and wantings to get off of them because intuitively I think that we know that what this is isn't good for us like every single movie i ever watch whenever they're trying to give somebody that's like mentally ill, some kind of pill, you know, the, the person, the main character is always like throwing it away or like hiding it under their tongue. It's like, there's something about those things that our body and our soul is saying like, no, 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 no. And I think that because I was such a kid and nobody knew what to do with how emotional and, you know, fucked up I was in terms of that, um, in terms of my emotions, like the easiest thing to do was put me on these drugs. And so for 19 years, I was constantly in this, I don't want to be on them, but I have to be on them. And then I would get off of them like um, immaturely. And then I would have to feel everything that's in there and that would scare me. And then I had everyone in my family just constantly rooting for me to be on them. And, like when I would spiral, they'd be like, you need more. And my psychiatrists, you know, would just give me pill after pill after pill after pill. And the reason why I got off of them was because of this work, really, because I realized that I was just so afraid to feel everything that was in there. And so When I got off of them, it was January 23rd, 2023, when I decided to get off of them officially. Um, I went through hell. January 3rd? 23rd. 23rd. Okay. We're almost there. Um, I went through hell and Danny can vouch for me because he sleeps in the bed next to me. And (laughs) every morning you saw me literally going into what, from the outside, you probably just thought, oh, she's just going in. But I what I was processing throughout every single day for at least like seven months was like extreme hell and the terror, the anxiety, the fear of death, the fear of wanting to die, everything that could come up came up during that time. And every single moment I had a choice. And I've talked about this a lot in the podcast and every morning when I woke up in this like petrified, terrifying, debilitating fear, I would just go in. And I would open and I would just love and surrender truly to what was coming up on a daily basis. And after the first seven months, I started to wake up and I started to feel better. And I weaved in and out of that terror. But a lot of that I feel has been healed. And I know that there are still aspects of it and crumbs in there that are still probably going to pop up that I need to alchemize. But I would say that this was a year of complete resilience for me. 
I think that if I didn't have this work, I would just succumb and I'm like, give, give me those things back because I don't, I can't do this. I cannot do this. Right. The mental program that was huge was I'm not powerful enough to handle all of any of this. Like I cannot handle this. And every time the mental program came up, my soul was just, my soul was driving the ship when it came to getting off of these things. So there wasn't a time at not even once throughout this entire year where I was like, I need them. I need them. I need to get them on them. Like not even once. And I'm so grateful for that because I know that if I got off of them, I would just have to start this journey over again. And like, I'm like, I'm okay. I'd rather just go through the fire. I'd rather go through the tsunami and just get out. I'm not trying to repeat the fire over and over again. And so yeah, it's been a, a a year of emotionally overcoming all of my programs and the the severity of how crazy these programs are, how deep they were, and how long I've been carrying them. Like this, the program of terror that I've been carrying, I've been carrying since I was a child, since I can remember. And so it's been, it was 35 years in the making, 36 years in the making of unprocessed fear and terror. And I really really feel like in that regard, I showed up for myself this year and really got through all of it. And I can say now, like, I just feel like whatever comes my way, I'm going to be okay. If I can get through this year, I'm going to be okay. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's been a win, a lot of win, um, in terms of that, but yeah, it was really painful, really, really painful, really painful. So it started in January and you said seven months of kind of like, the real hard stuff kind of surfacing about yeah. what takes us to around like August, like summertime. Yeah. Probably around like lion's gate. I started like feeling mm-hmm. shifts and then, and then Which the is ter- eight for anyone yeah, who doesn't, August doesn't know that date. August right. 8th. And then from August 8th until today, you know, I've weaved in and out of it, but it has been nothing like what I was experiencing every single day when I got off of them. Like, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, and as your partner, I can definitely vouch for that. There definitely was a huge shift. Um, it was like, it was, I think it was the day before Lionsgate. It was like eight, seven. It's the mm. seven. Yeah. And I like believe we died. talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, we, we did a podcast, which you can go back and listen to uh, all on like ego death. Um, and Ellie was metaphorically and egoically going through a layer of dying. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, an important death, letting that old part of you die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, the warrior could emerge and, and be reborn. Yep. So yeah. that was 2023 year, this year for me. And I'm just, I'm, I can, I really feel like I can breathe because I'm like, okay, I did that because I was dreading that for a long time. I knew that there was going to be a day that I was going to get off of them, but I was so dreading what the aftermath was going to look like. And you can't prepare for the aftermath. Like this, literally, I was on drugs, like literally on drugs. So with the withdrawal from that was so intense, but here I am. And mm. yeah, I'm just grateful. And I had, you know, beautiful support from you and from everybody. And because of that support, I got through it. But really who who did the big lifting was me <laughs> throughout that entire thing. It's the only one who can do the lifting, right? Right. Mm-hmm. We can only find our own power. We can't find it for anyone else. Yeah. Um, so the beginning part, obviously, that, that first seven months that you speak of, 
you've got the physical symptoms. I think we spoke about this before, the brain zaps, which were very strange to see you go through, you know, these zaps that come through your nervous system. What other physical stuff were you moving through? Because you've kind of already touched on some of the emotional programs, like physically what was happening with your body? My, I've always had severe gut issues and then my gut issues times four. Like it, I felt gut pain this year. Like I've never experienced gut pain before. I had insane bloating. I had insane, I've always had severe constipation, but it was like on another level. It was like everything that I put in my body, my, my, my stomach was rejecting. It was awful. Like, honestly, it was awful. And, um, yeah, the brain zaps are so crazy. It feels like these mini blackouts that you're having in your head and your body. Um, just yeah, all kinds of stuff. And not to mention like, you know, I haven't been sleeping well this year and I've always been somebody that's like, I've, Oh, I can sleep anywhere. And this year was the first year where I've had such a hard time falling asleep. Um, a lot of nightmares for sure. A lot of things that came up and, um, I just rock through them. Like I really did. Like the fact that I'm still intact right now and I'm okay is, is a testament to my soul and the resilience, but man, I know that a lot of people who don't have this work probably would have fallen apart. And I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, that mm-hmm. I had the connection back to myself to be able to do it all, but yeah, not an easy feat. Yeah. The, the image that I just got was, um, uh if you picture like a river and a dam and a reservoir and then like someone just tearing down the dam and just allowing the river and the re- everything that's been you know all the water that's been backed up for however many years just allowing the river to start flowing again mm. and when that happens the initial like burst of all of that you know stored reservoir comes down and creates a lot of destruction and death um and creates all these new pathways and gouges out the river even deeper and maybe causes flooding and you know um does all this damage and ultimately though allows everything to flow freely and creates new life yeah you know i i think and my heart goes out to everybody every single person that's on these things and every single Mm -hmm. person who tries to get off of them You know, there were so many times um, when I had my awakening in 2019 throughout the years where I would get off of them. And like I had a shaman tell me to get off of them. I had all these people tell me to off of them. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And when I would get off of them and I would spiral and I would fear, you know, have all of this fear come up and all of this depression and all of this, all this stuff up, I didn't know what was going on. You know, I had no idea what was happening. I just knew that I wanted to die and I couldn't like, it was so hard for me to even get through an hour. And then when I would lean on my family and bless them, they don't know. Right. The first thing that they would always say to me is like, did you get off your pills? And my answer was always like, yes. So then they would bring me back to the doctor. Then would go back on. So do you, do you see how like I'm being conditioned to believe that because I'm not on these things, if I don't have these things, I will feel, I will feel pain and I can't handle the pain. So I need these things to be on them. So it was like years and years of this, like constant cycle of me trying to get off and then me falling apart and then me having to get back on. So then I got to this place where I thought without these things, I'm not okay. Hmm. And then to get to a place where it's like, no, I don't need these things. I use these things to just cope and just deal with what's, it's just to keep everything uh, uh, like 
at bay. It's to keep everything like undercover, right? So that I don't have to feel the, like you said, the, the waterfall, the dam breaking. And then the moment the dam broke, now I had everything to know, oh, these are just programs. Oh, okay. These are just energies that have been with me for a long time. Oh, this is not really who I am. This is not going to kill me. They're just energies. I'm more powerful than all these energies. Let me open, let me bring love. And this whole year was me experiencing what it actually felt like for energies of fear, of terror, of dread to actually flow through my heart. Like there were so many mornings where you'd be fast asleep and I would be in a complete red zone, like completely shaking, breaking down, not being able to, I didn't know how I was going to get through the next hour. Mm. And then the only thing I knew, the only thing that I knew what to do was to open, like literally. And I would just open. And when I tell you, I could feel like a tunnel being open in my heart and it just sucking literally the, the fear and the dread straight through this tunnel. I could feel it flowing through. It was wild. And I'm so grateful for that experience because it allowed me to really understand this work on such a deeper level because of the emotions were so extreme. I had no other choice but to open and then to actually feel what it felt like to feel alchemy right? Because we all feel alchemy in all different ways, but this was like a real, um, cutthroat fast pass into like, this is what alchemy is open and let it just flow. And having that experience really changed me and shifted me in so many beautiful ways. And even the way of surrender when the 20 universal ways of oneness, when I would wake up in all of this horror and all this terror, I would resist a lot of it because I didn't want to feel it because it was so hard. The moment that I said it, I am the way of surrender and I felt the energetic frequency of surrender, I could literally feel my body just laying, like the resistance just falling and I would just open and everything would just be flooded with my light. And that's when I started to really, truly, deeply understand like the magic of this work and how powerful I really am just like everybody else. And so in that sense, the whole year was like, this is so painful, but oh my God, this is so beautiful. It was like, you know, it was that oneness. It was this, this is so hard, but holy shit, this is so incredible. So I was experiencing both of those worlds at the same time. And so, um, yeah, I just, I look back on this year. I know that even a few years later, I'll look back on 2023 and be like, wow, you really did that. And you really learn so much because in the moments you don't think that much is happening or you don't think that like anything's really going on because of how, you know, treacherous it is or how difficult it is. But I'll look, I look back now and I'm like, good job, girl, like really patting myself on the back for doing what I did and showing up for myself in that way. Like that's truly love of self right there. I didn't run. I didn't hide. I didn't walk away. I just brought love to it. And it shifted me. And now I'm, I'm in a much higher place than I was a year ago, which is like, good job, girl. Good job, girl. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's spend a few more moments just going into the resistance, if that's all right, oh because God. you know, you brought it up there and, um, you know, overall you didn't run, you didn't hide, you know, you work through it, but everybody runs resistance programs Yeah. for all different reasons. They show up in us in in different areas and different for different wounds for different reasons um and this is something that you know you see in me i see in you so let's talk just a little bit about where were you resisting and what did you learn about 
where it was that you're resisting and how to heal the resistance and, and where it comes from within you? As soon as I would wake up, it was always like around like 5 a.m. I was hit with a flood of just pure dread and fear. And mm -hmm. I know that I use the word terror and dread. Just, just bear with me, guys, because there's really not enough words to describe what I would, what I would feel. The fear that I felt was almost like I'm about to get killed in like a, the worst kind of way, like that kind mm -hmm. of fear. And so when I was hit with it, I don't want to feel that. I've and I've. Th this isn't the first. Um, my first round with this kind of energies, right? These energies. I used to have them when I was a kid, when I was around like six, seven years old, my parents were like really worried about me because I couldn't sleep at night because I would be shaking and crying hysterically because of this fear, because of this terror. And so I don't even know how I got through it as a kid, but I just did. And I hated it. Who wants to feel any of that? It is the worst. It's the worst. It's like there's no light in the world. That's what it feels like. It feels like um, there's no hope that this is the end and it's all darkness. And so the resistance would show up because as soon as I wake up, you'd be like, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want to feel any of this. Please go away. Please go away. Please go away. And I would just fight it. I would just fight it. I just like wanted it to go. I would start thinking about all of these things that I could do to like make this better. Like all of the programs were running, right? And then the moment I realized that my mind was going nuts and I was resisting what was coming up and I surrendered to it, that's when everything shifted. And mm -hmm. so every morning it was just like I was in boot camp with that. It was resistance. I don't want this. I don't want this. No, 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 no. Pushing, pushing against it, pushing against it. And then the moment I'm like, just be, then the surrender would come in and I would just open. And then an hour later I was like on my feet and I was like, okay, I could do the day because like resistance is such a bitch like in that way um and it will keep you so trapped and keep you so stuck because you think that you're not powerful enough to go into it and the moment you realize like you connect to who you really are you're like oh resistance has nothing against what i am so let me just open and let me surrender to what it is and that's when that's how i got through honestly really yeah yeah. And that little kid that's in there, you know, you said, I don't know how I got through this. Well, what did she learn to do? She learned to suppress it and resist yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure she felt some of it at the time for sure. Yeah. And processed a little bit of it, but, um, that's why you're, you know, feeling it all now is we don't get taught how to connect to our heart and alchemize the pain and process mm -hmm. the emotions mm -hmm. at a young age. Mm -hmm. And so when we don't know how to do that and we're having all of these overwhelming feelings like dread and terror, like you're, you know, explaining at a young age, it all just gets stored within us. And then, you know, comes teenage Ellie and oh, it's just filler full of, you know, synthetic drugs. Yeah. So she doesn't have to feel that ever again. Yeah. And then fast forward to now in your thirties and finding your power. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's been quite the road. Um, but so, so truly in gratitude for being on the other side of it. And I know that every year that passes by, I'm just like, yes, let's go. I can't wait for like 20 years. I've been sober off of them, which would be, you know, yeah. I, I know that this is um, a story that I, I think that will help a lot of people. Um, for sure. So many people are so dependent on it. And like recently, you know, you and I had lunch with my cousin and my aunts and stuff. And, you know, we were all going around saying like, you know, what was, you know, the biggest thing that you learned in this year? And I said, you know, I got off my antidepressants after 20 years and my cousin goes, 
I got off, I just got off my antidepressants too. And it was like this moment where I looked at her and I could just feel her, you know, like she's just as sensitive as me and such as so emotional and they don't know what to do. So they pull her, but pull her up. And like, I could just see the light in her eyes when she was like, I got off them too, you know? And it was like, just like this moment of like, we can do this. We just have to connect to who we are to be able to do it. And so for, I just want to say for anyone out there who's on them, it's okay. You know, when you feel that it's time for you to get off them, obviously do them responsibly with your doctor. Like I weaned off of them for an entire year. Um, I just kept lowering my dose, lowering my dose until I was like, and that was 2022 just yeah. to make that clear. Right. So that when 2023, the time came, she yeah. was, she was ready to go. At, at that point, it's like you could, you got to a point where you could only go cold Turkey after that. Yeah. You would wean so far down. Yeah. And you know, my psychiatrist, I had like, I've had many, but the last two, you know, they were just, they just prescribing me shit constantly. You know, there was never anything, just all they ever did was write me a form. All they ever did was like say, okay, you need more, you need this. And it was, it's so toxic and it's so horrible that our, that we run on that kind of system. And I remember even the last month I was talking to my psychiatrist and I was like, this is the month that I'm ready to get off of them. She was like, okay. And it was just no like guidance or advice or anything. Like even when I asked questions, she really didn't have any answers, you know? So they make money off of sick people. And I'm someone that had to go for 20 years under that system that kept me sick, that kept me so weak, that didn't give me any resources and guidance on how to really heal any of this. And so for anyone out there, I totally feel you. And when you feel like it's the right time, do it responsibly. And also if you, you know, want to work with any kind of coach in this field, that's going to help you really with energetics. Like I'm telling you right now, you can do this. Um, don't lose hope. There is so much out there that will help you, especially here at MSU. And so my heart goes out to you guys. And I just want to say that if I can do it, you can do it. So, um, yeah, just want to say that. Yeah. There was one thing I wanted to touch on. Rachel's released a podcast. I can't remember the name of it exactly, but it's around the fact that, you know, we're human beings are feeling beings mm -hmm. and we feel. Mm. And there's a lot of problems we see in society that are from the fact that boys aren't allowed to feel their feelings. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's a lot of powerlessness out there that's spread. And that's exactly what these things do. And I can speak from true experience of when I was first getting, like, my depression was at its, at its height, at its worst. And I tried these things for a little bit. And they definitely made me feel better, but it only lasted for like six hours. And then six hours later, after taking um, an anti-anxiety pill, everything will come back. Yeah. And so it got to the point where I was like, what's the point of taking these things? Because it's clearly not healing anything. Yeah. And we have to be able to feel like they create this lack of feeling. Yes. And from what I experienced, yes, it felt better because it went from me feeling this super low depressive like energy to a little better. But it also kept me in this like blurry, numb place that I I really didn't enjoy. I felt very disconnected from myself. And for me, that's no way to, to live a life. Now, everyone's, you know, entirely 
um, they have free will choice to do what they want with their lives. But from my experience, being trying those things and being on them, it like it really disconnected me from my feelings. And our feelings are a superpower. Mm -hmm. um, we're talking like we need to differentiate here. We have your emotions, which is what it helps suppress, right? Emotions are feelings, like we feel them, but feelings are also your intuition, mm -hmm. your guidance, that gut feeling you get when you know something is wrong. Oh, mm -hmm. well, when we all of a sudden now we're disconnecting ourselves from our ability to feel, what also happens? We're disconnecting ourselves from our own in, in, uh, internal guidance. Mm -hmm. So there's so much at play here more than just like, oh, well, it suppresses emotions. It's like it really disconnects you from yes. what makes you a human being. Mm -hmm. like feeling is a really important part. If we can't feel empathy yeah. for another animal, another human, another creature, if we can't feel what it is that we're doing, like I really hope that if I do something that's harmful that I feel shame. Yeah, I don't technically want to feel shame because we might call it a negative emotion, but that shame is there to show me that I have caused harm in another human being. And if for whatever reason, whether it's using a you know synthetic drug or just through programming, if I'm disconnected from my feeling and I don't realize I'll just continuously create harm unconsciously walking through my life and I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to choose that. I don't want to choose to create harm in life. And so the, the more that I feel, I know the better, the more divine I will become. And that's been the case for me. The more and more I've healed, especially this last year, I've been able to feel more, even watching a, watching a war movie the other day, I was in tears because I could feel the death and the destruction that was going on. I could feel all of the brainwashing that I received as a child that, you know, boys are supposed to play armies and girls play with Barbies. Right. And so we're just brainwashed to just like kill, kill, kill and yeah. disregard all sentient beings and disregard our own feelings. And we're not allowed to cry and we have to be this cold man. And, yeah, that's, that's no way to live a life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking about this year for you, alcohol. Yeah. That's the way that you stop feeling. And mm -hmm. so we're, we're in January now. So it's been I mean, month 13 of not, not drinking any alcohol, which is huge for somebody who was a bartender server for over 10 years, literally started drinking as a young teen um in the uk and alcohol was i know i spoke about it before in this podcast was a huge part of my life um until depression came and knocked on my door and actually before that even happened i'll i'll rewind to before i got like really like super super depressed in 2018 i remember finishing the last shift i had at um, the job I was working at the time and I'd quit to go travel around Asia. And on my last shift, I poured myself a drink back at home and I went and sat out on the balcony. And I think I took one sip. It's like, why am I drinking this? And I was just starting to get, I could hear these nudges of being like, you don't, you don't need to keep doing this all the time. Mm -hmm. And I went 
period of starting to calm down with alcohol. Now I ended up overdoing it a couple months late, later uh, and all of this trauma, I opened Pandora's box as, as, uh, as you could say, which we've done a, another podcast upon. Um, all this trauma started coming out and since then alcohol just didn't do the same thing for me. Um, um, but it's been really difficult to stop and all the years of 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021 was all me. And I would say 2022 as well for part of it, at least was all me trying to not drink. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to drink, but I would have to try to not drink. And that's really hard. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to stop yourself doing something that you actually are being kind of like drawn and pulled to do. It's mm -hmm. really and through this work, what we you know we work on is healing the energy that of why that's there. Why is the behavior there that when I'm in a social situation, I want to reach for a glass of alcohol to numb myself out so I don't have to feel what I'm feeling, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, hint, that's the, that's the clue, is it numbs you out. It stops you feeling what's in there. It makes you feel good. It doesn't actually make me feel good anymore. Um, it seems to just bring me down. It is a depressant. Mm -hmm. And when you have so much stuff that you don't want to feel constantly in your fields and you drink a depressant, it depresses all that stuff down and makes you feel better. Mm -hmm. But when you actually start doing the deep work and allowing all this stuff to come up and all of a sudden when you take a depressant, it brings you down. And I was at this place this last year where well, actually 2022, I didn't want to go down anymore. Didn't want to keep bringing myself down before it was like I would drink alcohol and it would take me up, right? And and 2022 it was bringing me down, but there was still this part of me, yeah, of course, pulling me into this thing. Like I remember last last year, 2022 Christmas, we were in, in the UK. I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast before, and I was watching somebody pour a beer a nice crisp lager. I think it was something like Peroni, a nice Italian yacht lager. And I was watching it flow out of the tap and the bubbles and the head forming and filling up the glass. And the bartender was doing a great job pouring it. Um, I'm watching it. And as I'm watching it being poured and fill up the glass, I could feel my taste buds getting like, mm -hmm. taste the beer. And I felt the dopamine hit immediately. And I was like, whoa isn't that incredible i am just watching this thing mm -hmm. and it's immediately giving me this dopamine hit making me quote unquote feel better but i knew at that point like i knew that if i would consume that that substance it wouldn't make me feel good it would numb out what's there and i didn't want to do i don't want to do that anymore and mm -hmm. so 2020 excuse me 2023 i arrived at a place where i'd found enough power within myself, I'd healed enough, I'd healed the parts of me that when we were going in these social situations, I wasn't, I didn't have to try. Mm -hmm. And yeah, okay, maybe now and again, you know, I'd be in a spot and the thought would come in and be like, oh, you could have a drink right now. And I'd maybe feel a little tug. For the most part, it just comes from, it came from like power, like, oh, I'm not, 
I'm not attracted to that anymore. I don't feel the, I don't feel the pull. Mm-hmm. And so I managed to make it the entire year. We're going on like 380 days right now uh, without having a drink of alcohol, which is pretty incredible to say a couple of years ago, like I was trying to do this and I was like, how am I ever going to make it a year? Like mm-hmm. how? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And go into a little bit because I, I'm sure a lot of people out there drink, right? Drinking is very popular in every culture. Okay. And as someone who's never like, I'm so allergic to alcohol. So I've never, I can't relate to this experience at all. I've just watched drunk people my entire life, but I can tell that it's fun and I can tell that it's addicting and I can tell that it's a way to escape. Right. And that's, you know, too, when you're talking about how it's a depressant and it brings you down now, it's like, yeah, because you've risen above the frequency of alcohol, right? So as you rise in higher levels of consciousness, your vibrational frequency is going up, which means things that used to get you lit before, well, it's because you were a match, right? Just like with marijuana with me, man, like I used to call myself when I used to smoke weed, LE 2.0, like I was, I was like, my personality was like amazing. I could talk to anybody. I could, I was like, oh, I used to love it. And then one day, it just didn't hit anymore. And I could just feel it dragging me down and I hated being on it. And I was like, oh, I've surpassed this vibrationally. And so, but for people out there, you know, who really struggle with addiction, especially when it comes to alcohol and the tricky part about alcohol is that they make you think like it's something that's normal. You know, it's so mm-hmm. normalized in our culture when in reality, like that's the trick y'all, that's the trap. They use that to keep you literally locked in at a lower frequency so you don't access higher levels. And so for anybody out there who's like, I want to be off alcohol, I want to do it, but I'm constantly reaching for the bottle. I'm constantly reaching for the shot. I'm going to the bars. What would you say was, what were the biggest wounds that you alchemized that got you to the place where you no longer felt the pull or the draw anymore? Yeah. So we, we always really want as humans, this like super simple black and white answer, right? Because we, we've lived so much in our minds and the simple answer is heal. That's it. Is what programs for you individually, what wounds you have that are causing you to be drawn towards this particular substance or any substance is going to be different for everyone. So what I really learned through this process is you don't even need to focus on not drinking. You just need to focus on healing. That when you heal all of the things that are in there that you don't want to look at that are painful, when you find your power, you're able to love the shame, you're able to love the parts of you that don't feel accepted, that don't feel loved, that whatever it is that's in there that is unique to you, that is what's going to allow you to stop the behavior. Now, this is something that Rachel teaches a lot on is how you can't change your behavior with another behavior. So if I'm in a situation, let's just say I'm with a group of friends and it's a couple of years ago and everyone's drinking, I can force myself to not drink in that situation for sure. But ultimately the behavior that, that wants, the energy that's trying to come through in that moment is something else. It's like powerlessness or I'm having experienced anxiety and I want that to go away. So just by changing my behavior, by choosing not to drink, it's not going to create actual transformation. It's a wonderful place to start. And I'm not saying don't do that, 100% do that. But just know, and this is what I really learned, it's never going to 
heal truly by just choosing not to drink. If we go in and find out why do I want to drink in the first place, and that's unique to everyone. So, and, and even within me, there wasn't a point where I was like, oh, here's the wound that's connected to my alcohol addiction. Like, here's the wound that's making me want to drink, you know, three, three or five days a week, or maybe want to black out on the weekend. Like it isn't as simple as, okay, here's the wound. This is it. It's there's all of these different parts of ourselves, which are drawing us into this lower vibratory state. And, and yeah, there might be within certain people, one particular core wound that's causing that. Yeah, that might be, but it might be very different for somebody else. And so for me, what I found was just heal, just find your power in every asset aspect of your life and all these different avenues. And if you do that, you'll see that naturally you'll just start to evolve and change. And when you get to a place where you are really raising your vibration internally, then you're not going to be, a. you'll drink. This is what happened to me. You'll drink alcohol. This is what happened a year ago in December. I was like, going back to the UK, I was like, okay, I'm just going to have a couple of drinks and I'm going to allow myself to enjoy them while I'm here because I'm in the UK and people really like to drink in the UK and that's totally fine. So I'm just going to allow myself to have a couple of drinks while I'm here. It's okay. There's no, no judge. I'm not going to judge or shame myself for, for having a drink. But because I'd done a lot of work before that for the past year or so, when I went to drink the drink, didn't do what it used to do. It didn't make me feel good because I'd done enough work to elevate to a place where now I don't want to not feel all of the stuff that's in there. And when we rise to that place of power where we're like, no, I want to feel all of this. I want to feel the, the parts of me that feel shame. I want to feel the parts of me that don't feel worthy right now. I want to feel the anxiety that's here because I'm, I feel a little awkward in this person's presence or whatever it might be. When we get to that place organically, then we're just, you take the sip of the drink and, and honestly, what I tasted was like, tastes like gasoline, man. This, this beer, although I, I like, like love beer so much, like even that I can, the alcohol, I'm like, mm, it tastes like poison. Um, and that's just where I got to. And it's not, not, not trying to judge it or shame it by any means. It's just like, that's just what I taste now. It tastes like ethanol <laughs> and it kind of is, uh, basically like gasoline, but, um, that's a whole nother topic and podcast. But my number one thing that I'd always recommend is just, just heal, man. That's it. Yeah, yeah everybody just heal. Seriously though. Heal. Seriously, seriously. And, you know, for all the people out there who are like, I can't do it, I can't do it, go into I can't do it, <laughs> you know, just constantly feel into what is coming up that you're trying to avoid, that you're trying to run away from, that you're trying to suppress and honor the feelings that are coming up. You don't have to go cold turkey. Just keep doing yeah. the work little by little by little. And then eventually organically, you'll get to a place like Danny where you're like, ah, I don't need it anymore. And there is the freedom. Yeah, it's. I had this conversation with uh, a client of mine, and um, you know they were like, "How did you do it? How did you get to a place where you're not drinking? I want to get there. I want to be there." And it's it's not as complicated as you think. It's not focusing on as much like the alcohol addiction itself. It's just mm -hmm. 
healing all the parts that are in there moving through the, the you know the work that we that we offer or any other work that you find out there that allows you to find your power whatever it might be that's yeah you um but finding your power and seeing what programs you run and healing your wounds and elevating your consciousness if you're doing those things naturally you're going to get to a place where um you don't want to drink anymore and if you're not you might not be doing the 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 real deep work um, and I would suggest, you know, really, really looking at what you're doing and, and who you're listening to and, and yeah. finding some, someone or, um, an organization that, that can actually help you. Cause that's the other part, right? Um, I remember a couple of years back, 2021 and talking to a th my therapist about all of this working at, a, uh, at the time, tw yeah, 2021, I was working at a brewery and, um, the it, it, it was a weird time because part of my job was tasting the beer because i had to know what it tastes like to be able to sell it um as a you know a professional beer server at a brewery right but then we're, it was like the encouragement to drink the beer and i'm like mm. guys this horrible place it was a very difficult place of like ah, i i know i need to be able to taste this and know what it tastes like but i don't want to actually consume it mm -hmm. it's very very trapping being a bartender and doing this work and um i'm very happy to say i'm not there anymore yeah beautiful yeah so you know 2023 big year i'm sure for a lot of us and you know i tip my hat off to all of you guys who conquered a lot of hard things overcame alchemized some stuff and um you know i am really going into this year with not resolutions or goals, I'm going into this year with complete presence and learning how to truly honor myself and honor my pain when it shows up and catching the programs of avoidance and suppressing and repressing and all that stuff and just bringing love to all of it. And um, yeah, I just feel like I can do this year because I've already done a lot of hard stuff uh, in 2023. And I, there is excitement going into this year, honestly. And I know that, you know, this is going to be a wild year collectively. And I just feel better prepared. I just feel better prepared for everything that's about to come down the pipeline. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for making it this far uh, and listening and joining <laughs> us. And uh, we, uh, we're looking forward to an amazing 2024. And I think that will be the next the next podcast that we yeah yeah so we'll record one all about that so thank you very much for listening um, and we can't wait you, to work with all of you guys this year all of yeah. you this is your call anyone, list oh. anyone listening we're excited yeah to share this work with you on a on a one-on-one -on -one or group basis because yeah. uh it's powerful super powerful yeah yep. so set up a free consultation with, with us at masterselfuniversity.com uh, check out Rachel's book, The 20 Universal Ways of Oneness. It's on Amazon. And subscribe, like, comment, and share this podcast. It really helps us to do this for free. And um, we love you guys so much. And we can't wait to ring in everything um, that's coming down this year. And to more love, to more growth, and more evolution. Until next time, we'll see you guys then. Bye.